hello there. Welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. Thanks for tuning in yet again. Guess who just recorded 15 minutes of a podcast before forgetting that they hadn't pressed record? This guy. Oh, yeah. And here's the sad thing. It was pretty good stuff. I, I was pretty happy with how it was it was progressing, and that is not that common. I've, I, I had a big go at my dog for a lot of it, who is now inspiring much of the same feelings, because, oh, this, and this is so good, because I want to launch straight into where I, where I was before, but it feels weird coming out of the gate talking about hitting my dog. I do it. I know you're not meant to, but I do. And if you saw him now, you'd understand why, because my dog can't quite wrap his head around why I could possibly be speaking to myself in our spare room for 30 minutes at a time. And to be fair, nor can I. That inspires equal amounts of anxiety in both of us, me talking into the void right now. But uh, at least I have the, the wherewithal to swallow my anxiety, not him. He, he, he deals with it by just demanding attention. What are you doing right now, Tom? Well, look, I don't demand it. I throw it out to you. And if you want to give it to me, uh, I, I will graciously accept. And if you don't give it to me, I will question every decision I've ever made in my life um, because that's what it's all about. I'm home alone at the minute. My partner away at a wedding in New Zealand. I did not make it to that wedding, which is um, unfortunate in some regards. On, on the other hand, not a big wedding guy. Not really my thing. I don't really... Look, if you really have to celebrate your love for one another, I think you should probably do it in private. I don't think you should be rubbing it in the face of the rest of us. Why do we have to be there? Why do we have to bear witness to your relationship? We're all very aware that it's happening. I'm guessing a lot of us aren't really that stoked about it. I'd love to know Maybe I could run some kind of research. What proportion of first-degree relationships, of any relationship, are happy about it? If you took everybody, take a relationship between any two individuals and then survey 100 of their closest relations or their closest connections outwards from that, people who know them both to some, some degree, family, close friends, uh, and then ask them, hey, if it were up to you, would these two be together? I'd love to know what the proportion is because sample of one, the people that I know in relationships, the vast majority I could do without. Now, obviously, if you're listening to this and you're a friend of mine and you're in a relationship, um, I'm not talking about you. Of course not. Of course not. I, everyone who's listening to this, your partner um, is is the one for you, and um, I'm I'm jealous. I wish they were the one for me. That's how much I love each and every one of them, and uh, and yet um, all the people who aren't listening uh, to this specific episode, who might listen in other in other weeks, uh, need to to take a good hard look at their relationship and ask themselves: Am I doing this because I love this person, or am I doing this because I hate being alone? Now, given that I am alone for a temporary period of time, have been since a Thursday morning, so I'm coming up 48 hours now, what I want to make very clear is choosing to stay with someone for a fear of being alone is incredibly valid because even in this very short, very contained period of loneliness, 
it has just reinforced to me what a miserable existence this is. I can't be by myself. I am not... Ha- I, I used to tell people I was very happy in my own company, and I think part of me believed it. But with the benefit of hindsight, no. No, 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 no. I need voices to drown out the ones in my head. I need, I need somebody to tell me what to do. And not, not just, like, not force me to do anything, but just, I, I can't make a decision. This is the biggest thing I've learned about myself since my partner has been away. Again, reminder, 48 hours. I have no idea what to do. The, choosing between what to eat, what to watch, what to play, where to go, what time to sleep, to read or not to read, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Someone needs to make these decisions for me. Or someone just needs to give me some criteria. Someone needs to give me some criteria to abide by at the very least. Because I was trying to make a decision what to eat to dinner last night. And I'm like, what do I even want? What an impossible question to answer in any context. What does anyone want? Just unanswerable. Nobody knows. I was like, well, I could have this. That would be pretty delicious, but it would be expensive. Well, I could have this, but it it would be cheap, but it, it would be very uninspiring. What are you well, what's what are you trying to do? How can you you can't you can't answer the question with zero brief. This isn't going to work out. Uh, so it's it's been a it's been a tough 48 hours. I've been barely getting through by the skin of my teeth because this is the thing when you don't have anybody else. This is the thing that I've noticed, right? You have you have two people, all right? Suddenly through the relationship, the kind of the Venn diagram of relationships. You, you kind of know where the overlap is. I know when you bring one more person into this equation, I, I kind of know where we should land on these things. I know BD isn't going to want to watch that movie. I know that BD is going to want to eat something like this. I know BD and I together tend to do these things. You take that person out, suddenly I am just a blank canvas of possibilities. And is there anything more frightening? Too many, there is nothing worse than too many possibilities. It's like a video game. You know in video games where they're like, hey, you've reached the cave. Do you want to enter the cave or do you want to go around the cave? But suddenly, instead of having two options, you have infinite options. Do you want to go into the cave now? Do you want to go in the cave in five minutes? Should we go and get some more supplies and then go into the cave? What if you didn't go to this cave, we went to another cave? Wait, why don't we call one of your friends, two of your friends, five of your friends? Let's call all of your friends and see which cave that they want to go to. There's too many. Just tell me what to... Give me... Uber Eats should just randomly discard 998 of the thousand options available to you. And they, oh, look, you have two options. Thai or ice cream. That, that's all you got. And I think we'd all be a lot happier. I think every I think every service that we have available to us should limit us to maximum three options. You should go on Netflix. It's like, do you want to watch a documentary about a serial killer? Do you want to watch a, a lighthearted 2000 sitcom that you've already seen 17 times? Or do you want to watch an Oscar-winning movie about pedophilia? Those are your options, okay? That is every. That is the entire spectrum of choice. Or you can turn off the TV and fall asleep. Other than that, you that's it. That's it. And we'd all be so much happier for it. We're, we kind of know we're going to watch one of those three things anyway. So why do I have to spend upwards of 30 minutes deciding whether or not I should start a new series that I'm going to watch for five minutes and then go back to the familiar creature comforts of a story I already know? 
That seems to be the big thing. We, it needs to be a story we already know. It needs to be a story that is either we know how it ends, we've seen it before, or we've seen some version of it before. The safety and security of knowing that nothing too surprising will take place because we've been surprised enough in the great world around us, haven't we? We, we don't need Netflix bringing uncertainty into our lives. Uh, and that's why I am watching The Crown and learning about why Princess Diana killed herself as if I wasn't very obvious from the very beginning. Killed herself? That's not what happened. What did, You know sometimes you just get on a run and you just start throwing things into the ether and... That's how that's how urban legends begin. That is um, that's not even that's not even a conspiracy theory about Diana. Wouldn't it be? I would love that if they did that in the Crown. If there was a scene where Diana kind of leaps to the driver's seat from the back from the back passenger seat and just careens the car into the side of the tunnel, what a twist! That would be. You can't deny that would get some press. Who knows? That might have already happened. If that had if that happens in this season, of the Crown the level of self-control for someone not to have spoiled that already because that will be that will be quite the moment that will leave game of thrones red wedding for absolute dust as far as surprising television moments uh well you can dare to dream um so yeah i'm all alone i've got no i've got no direction whatsoever i've got no one holding my hand it's frightening out there i'm in the car considering Eating cuisines I've never tried before, trying drugs I've never been able to access previously. Wondering, could I find meth if I wanted to? This might be the only opportunity I get to try meth. And it, I mean, it, you, you don't love the effects from the outside, but you got to think the people enjoying it are having a real good time. Have you ever thought about what is it? What is it? Is it just because it's accessible? And it's easy. Is that why it's as popular? Or is it just great? Is it just really... Are we all missing out a little bit? I've tried to convince my partner about... She's never done any form of psychedelic, never done any form of um, acid or psilocybin, magic mushrooms, that is, or DMT or anything like that. And and to me, having had a handful of those experiences, um, those are such life-affirming, mind-blowing unbelievable, I didn't know you could see the world this way experiences. And I think it's a real shame that there are some people who will go their entire life without experiencing that. I think about that about my parents. My parents, I don't think, have ever touched anything like that. And I think it's a shame because you do have these moments and these insights and these feelings of connection with the world at large and this th- these interesting, unique perspectives on life that were almost unattainable without years of, of monastic living and meditation and, and Bikram yoga. And it's only $25 away, uh, $15 if you use the promo code uh, Tom Whitcomb Comedy with my friend Doug. But so many people will never get to experience that and think that life is only what takes place in front of them. And I said this to my partner and she said, yeah, well, I'm not trying it. So and that was the end of that. I thought we were going to watch a, an Oscar-winning short documentary about the impacts of psilocybin on mental conditions and brain plasticity. But no, the, the conversation ended there and then, and we went back to watching The Crown and seeing how Princess Diana tried to kill herself. And um, maybe that's how meth heads feel about ice. 
Maybe they just think, here I am shouting to the rooftops about how great this miracle drug is. A, a drug that I enjoy so much I was willing to forego my teeth for it. And yet people can't even wrap their heads around what I'm trying to tell them. Sure, I'm speaking mostly in gibberish, but surely my passion is, is, is falling through. And that's one thing you can't bereft of the ICE community. The passion is there. If for all of their lack of, uh, of, of coherence and footwear, the passion is, is, is unignorable, truly, truly uh, passionate people. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been 48 hours alone. It's been a big couple of weeks too. I've had two big drinking events, which is two more than I would have in most months. I've had one at a Bucks party last weekend, and I told you last time on the podcast, guys, get ready. I'm going to come back with some some crazy stories about uh, the things me and my mates got up to at that Bucks party, and uh, here I am a week later ready to disappoint you all because fucking nothing happened. You know what happened? We all drank too much, and then we went home. And I think that's probably a good thing. I don't think you really want to come away from a Bucks party with stories because if you come away... You, very rarely do you come away with a Bucks party from a Bucks party with stories, but not also secrets. You're probably those those things. Not all Bucks party, not all secrets are Bucks party stories, but almost all Bucks party stories are secrets. Um, I, I have heard some stories uh, from not from Bucks parties that I attended, but from Bucks parties that friends attended. Uh, that if my friends' friends were professional AFL or NRL football players, these stories would uh, cost them at least six to eight weeks of their career and earn me six to eight thousand dollars from the Daily Mail, uh, maybe fifteen to twenty if I could provide some kind of photo evidence. Um, and none of that took place. We were all very, very respectful in a way that I, I really thought I really sold this last week. Is oh, I'm. Going, you know, headfirst into the beast that is toxic masculinity, and then I became uh, very, very clearly aware <clears throat> that, um, oh yeah, we're all thirty. Hey, you, you know that guy that you, it seems that Tom that maybe the only person still fixated on who was and wasn't in the first fifteen in two thousand nine is you. Uh, I, I know you thought that that was going to come up. It didn't. Everyone, I, I thought I was going to get there to some very toxic behavior. The first thing that happens when I arrive is one of these guys compliments my shoes. Yeah, not no, we've all grown up, Tom. It's not just you, all right? So, I mean, a little disappointing. We went and played paintball. We had a female paintball instructor, and she had to come out firing in order to gain the attention and the respect of uh, 20 private school-educated white men. And uh, look, she tried. She tried. I think in a different time, maybe only a decade ago, uh, that same group of men in our early 20s rather than our early 30s, this woman would have been in, in for a really rough time. Not physically, of course, just emotionally. I think we really, she would have... She would have had a nickname that she wouldn't have had any say in, that sort of thing. But none of that took place. We, we've all grown up. We've all moved on. Um, there was one attempt to kind of have a joke at her expense from one of the guys who used to be a school bully, and boy, has he lost his touch. It was very disappointing. It was very sad. He used to be very, very quick. Um, he used to be quite abusive in a very hilarious way, the way private school boys can. 
and uh, really missed the mark. Really missed the mark on this one, and I think we were all a little bit disappointed by that. So we went, we 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 played paintball, and I played like an absolute coward. I hit at the back the whole time. I I put my hand up as if I'd been hit, even if I hadn't. Just if I needed to get my breath back. I came out. We came out afterwards, and we had showers, and the the number of bruises on people's backs that I just did not share at all. Fortunately, I did bring a little makeup kit so I could fashion some using some uh, some eyeliner and a little bit of blush. But uh, no, by far one of the least masculine people there. It made me realize just how not cut out for warfare I would be. I would capitulate at the first sign. Uh, the The way my heart was beating at, at the prospect of just getting a, a, a light bruise on, on one of my thighs. The idea that there are men my age defending Ukraine as I'm recording this podcast. I was anxious about recording this podcast. I had to work up the courage to hit record on, a, on an audio recording that best case scenario, a, a couple of hundred people will hear. And yet there are people half my age holding Kalashnikovs in the Ukraine who have lied about being 18. God, I'm a fucking coward. Anyway, that's not the point of this podcast. Um, got a few things I want to talk to you guys about. Oh, should I start? I watched The Wrestler. I watched The Wrestler last night, the Mickey Rourke film. Uh, excellent film. It's about uh, the the once great, the once great Randy the Ram, the uh, fictitious wrestler, kind of sort of like a Hulk Hogan type, I guess, in the 1980s who uh, was a, a cult hero, a cult icon of the wrestling scene, a former world champ, and now he's well into his 50s and continuing to wrestle and him trying to, to find a place in the world, um, trying to reunite with his estranged daughter. This was the big thing I took away from The Wrestler. The Wrestler made me want to be a worse dad because the moment of reconciliation between this young woman and her very uh, hands-off, shall we say, estranged father. The reconciliation was just so beautiful. And you don't get that if you're a great dad. If you're a great dad the whole way through and you just have a very smooth relationship with your children, they're never, they're never going to have that moment of maybe he's not such a bad guy after all, which seems pretty potent, which seems pretty powerful. And I would love to have that moment with my, with, with my estranged daughter. So... That's what I that's what I really took away. It is because those moments of you don't get moments of retribution unless you have some serious mistakes along the way. And what if I don't make those mistakes? What if I don't get what don't what what if I what if I always have a great relationship with my kids? It'll just be it'll just be fine the whole time. No peaks or troughs. Nothing that a nothing that an actor will be able to revive their career in uh, in in playing out in a, an indie art film and be nominated for an Academy Award. What if my life, this is something I'm grappling with in comedy. My life is so uninteresting. I'm reading a book at the moment called, um, it's a shame about Ray. And it's about a, a kid growing up in the Eastern suburbs whose dad commits suicide and his own struggles with mental health and, and being in and out of mental health facilities. And um, in, 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 in typical, in very typical Tom Whitcomb fashion, the big takeaway I'm getting from this is, fuck, my life's boring. My life is so... I'm never going to write a memoir. 
Nothing is that. My, I'm going to get seven chapters into my memoir. It's going to be chapter eight. Everything's still fine. My dad only told me he was proud of me twice that year. It was a tough year. God. Why would anyone listen to me? This is why I have to put in such a thick character over all of my stand-up comedy. Because otherwise, why would you pay attention? As someone who sees a lot of stand-up comedy, seeing somebody perform stand-up with literally nothing to say is... It's so offensive. That's more offensive than anything I say about the AFLW. Going up and telling a story about something your brother-in-law said at a barbecue in, in front of what can I only assume is an exclusively middle-class audience is just absolute misery. Uh, so that's why I have to go up there and pretend that I'm far more right-leaning than I really am because that's the only way anything I can say could really be interesting. Now, am I in some ways directly attacking you, the fan, for being invested in my life and career. I hope not, but it, it certainly feels that way. Um, few things happening in the world right now. Oh, hey, let's, let's put a bow on that. Watch The Wrestler. Really great film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, all right, here we go. Let's let the Vela character diminish for a while and remind you of why this isn't a good idea for me to do all the time. The Wrestler, such a great film. So it's basically Mickey Rourke plays this washed-up wrestler. He's still active on the independent circuit, but he has all of these health problems. His body's falling apart. And uh, he doesn't, you know, he's got no family. He lives in a trailer park. He's just trying to make ends meet. And it's basically about him trying to reassimilate with with regular society as he deals with kind of health problems and the idea of leaving wrestling. And it's just, it's just brilliant. It's so good. It's all about having an obsession with something and how that obsession can remove you from polite society and how that can cost you things in your life. But it was just so good. I really, and it was an hour and 47 minutes along, a.k.a. the correct time for a movie to be. We don't need three and a half hours of The Avengers, and I don't know why anyone thinks we do. I don't know who is justified. It feels like editors are getting paid by the hour and have just managed to slowly but surely increase their workload just to make a few dollars on the side. Man, you could cut that movie in half, and I think we'd all be perfectly happy to leave early. But, um, yeah, The Wrestler, check it out. It's, uh, it's on YouTube for four ninety nine, or on the internet for free if you're the, under the age of 35 and know what a torrent is. But, uh, you know, far be it from me to encourage anyone on this, on this uh, fantastic law-abiding podcast to break the law. Don't do that. Don't, do, don't save yourself four ninety nine with five minutes of Googling. Why would you, why would you waste your time uh, when you could uh, give that money to the good fellas over at Google? Because if there's one thing Google needs, it's more of your money. Uh, because your personal information isn't quite enough. The other big thing that's coming up, and I, I, I'm sure I'm sure there's more than a few of you listening who are very excited by the uh, re-emergence of the FIFA World Cup. What happens when you combine the world's gayest sport with the world's most homophobic country? Qatar 2022. And here we go, baby. I... I'm very excited. I don't know whether you guys support Australia or England or a team that might actually win it, but it is exciting times. Exciting times for for people who live in Brazil and Argentina because those times only really come around once every four years. Those are the, it's it's such a great it's such a great tournament, and not only do you get the excitement that comes with the once every four years of the most passionately supported sport in the world, 
with some of the most talented athletes the world has ever seen coming together to vie for one of sport's most highly valued prizes. You also get the overlay of all of the drama that comes with a horribly run organization and just a, a, a just a truly, truly under-equipped host nation. It's going to be great. It's going to... All of the excitement of professional sport with all of the disaster of Fire Festival, Qatar 2022. I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, the conditions of the um, the fan zone at the World Cup this year. There's been these videos on TikTok that have gone viral, people paying hundreds of dollars of accommodation to stay in a glorified hostel uh, in the middle of the in, in the middle of the east, if you will, in the Middle East on forty degree days with air conditioning that doesn't really work. Um, oh, Schadenfreude is off the charts as as we all come to terms with the fact that we're not there and are probably better off for it. And if that wasn't enough, they have just announced Qatar have only just announced in the last. 24 hours or so. So literally three or four days before the opening game of the tournament, they will be serving no alcohol at any of the games or any of the fan zones in and around the World Cup. Let's see how exciting soccer really fucking is, shall we? When we take away any chemical interference whatsoever. Let's see how much you really... Did you love soccer? Do you love soccer or do you love Carlsberg? Because there's been a lot of interaction between the two in a lot of the histories of football-loving nations. Well, not this year. Not this year at 2022 in Qatar. There are going to be Australians watching the Socceroos get pummeled in France at 6am before work who are going to have a higher blood alcohol content than anyone within a 100-kilometer radius of the stadium. That's exciting. You gotta love that. I will. You've got to think the level of excitement, the atmosphere in any of those games has dipped seventy five percent as these people soberly sit there with no alcohol. What's it? Pure sobriety and look around and contemplate the fact they're in a stadium that was built predominantly by slave labor. Can you? It's going to be forty five degrees, and you're sitting in a very ethically questionably built football stadium and not going to have even a drop of alcohol to take your mind off it. Qatar 2022. Let's go Socceroos. Let's all look forward to four weeks of Australians thinking that they care about football before then pretending to be way more British than they actually are before then just giving up entirely and picking Brazil for no real reason. Uh, that is the, that is the path that we have chosen as uh, Australians you know, for for some reason, we I saw a headline in the Sydney Morning Herald the other day, which was like, "Why Australia could shock the world at this year's World Cup." First of all, no. Secondly, why would we deserve to? Can you? This is what I think. Sometimes I think I said this when we qualified for the World Cup and knocked out Peru. How dare we? How dare? Who do we think we are to have the goal of taking away? Ecuador getting one more day of excitement to 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 have the sheer arrogance to forego some poor South American nation 90 minutes of joy because we'd like to see the Socceroos make the round of 16 
is just, it's truly disrespectful. I think if, if we had a shred of decency, we would forego our inclusion in the World Cup and give it to some poor Asian nation who would just give anything, who would give their firstborn if their firstborn had made it this far in life to see their country represented on a global stage. But no, we take it. We'll take that. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, look, on reflection, I'm just thinking, I'm looking at Australia's pool now. France and Denmark, we can take. No, nah, they don't need anything. I mean, Tunisia, I don't know enough about Tunisia. I, don't, I say I don't know enough um, just in case uh, nothing might be construed as enough. I know nothing about Tunisia. Literally zero. I am uncomfortable sharing how little I know about Tunisia right now. Um, look, here's what I do know about Tunisia. <clears throat> they probably had very little to celebrate this year. I imagine. I imagine. Am I gonna? Am I gonna look? All right. Here we go. Let me let me do uh, two minutes of Wikipediaing about Tunisia, and I will come back and report back on what I found. Because I'm I'm gonna guess you know fuck all about Tunisia as well. So here we go. I'm gonna have a little look into Tunisia, and I'm gonna come back and work out. All right. Here's all you need to know about Tunisia. When you go to their Wikipedia page, there is a section dedicated to a man who was boxing world champion in 1931. I think we could give him a win this year. All right. Because if they beat the Socceroos 1-0 from a controversial own goal in the 97th minute, that's getting its own Wikipedia entry. Not, e not even just a paragraph. They're, they're going to dedicate an entire Wikipedia page to the glory of the 2022 Tunisian football team uh, who went through uh, to place third by beating the Socceroos in extremely controversial and particularly unearned fashion, uh, and those men will be paraded in the streets. I'm all for it. Tunisia now my number one pick for the 2022 World Cup. Um, Socceroos, come on. Do, do the right thing. Give them a win. Um, but more, I'm just excited to see. Just, just watch this. They're... There's going to be fucked things that happen in this World Cup. That's my biggest prediction. My, my big prediction are uh, Messi for Golden Boot and uh, Messi to be the state of affairs in Qatar when all is said and done. There's going to be somebody. There's going to be some gay protester with a rainbow flag who no one ever sees again. And we're going to be talking about that for a lot longer than how Argentina won their first World Cup in decades. That's my big prediction. Let's see it happen. If you have your own predictions about the World Cup, let me know. What human rights do you think will be violated over the next four weeks? It's going to be an exciting time. Um, look, I've got one last one. We're running a bit long today, but I'm, I'm happy to give it to you. I'm feeling good. I'm, can you believe there was an extra 15 minutes of this somewhere lost to the ether? For 15 minutes before I hit record, I was just talking at a blank wall. Isn't that depressing? Doesn't that doesn't that make you feel a bit better about your life? I truly hope so. But uh, I had to I had to talk about this. I had to, I had to I got it. It's in it's 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 not the idea that this should only be relegated to a, a very very novelty article in news.com.au is not something I am happy to let stand. Did you guys know? Did you know that werewolves exist? Because they do in India. Let me read you this headline. Teen lives with incredibly rare werewolf syndrome. 17-year-old has hypertrichosis. 
uh, a name that we needn't have come up with in Latin because werewolf syndrome tells you everything you need to know about who this guy is. Now, I want to make this very clear. On the one hand, I don't think I want to be seen making fun of this guy because he lives a very difficult life. On the other hand, there is something about this that is inherently very funny. If you see, this is, I mean, okay, look this guy up. His name is unpronounceable and he lives in India and he looks like Teen Wolf post-transformation. It is is—it is enough to make me think this is where the werewolf thing started. You know, I saw this documentary about dragons once and it made the point that this is pretty crazy when you think about it. Dragons exist in every culture. There are paintings of dragons in South America. Uh, there are stories of dragons in Middle, Earth, uh, in Middle Earth. In the Middle Earth. Fuck, I'm an idiot. In the Middle Earth, not Lord of the Rings. Middle Ages. Middle Age England, St. George slaying the dragon. There are obviously a lot of stories about dragons um, in Eastern cultures as evidenced through the very famous poker machine, Five Dragons. The, the, the dragon is, is scattered throughout and they think it actually comes from uh, different lizards that had these sort of um, abilities that were then blown out of proportion to be bigger than they truly were. So, for example, fire breathing was because some lizards have the ability to spit venom, and that was sort of extrapolated out to these mythological stories about uh, dragons that could breathe fire. This man's... Whatever this condition, I don't know... I, I don't know where... I mean, look, they've got a picture next to him to his dad. His dad looks quite notably not like a werewolf. So it doesn't seem, unless it comes on his mother's side or it skips a generation, um, apparently this has only ever happened a few hundred times, a hundred times since the Middle Ages. This is the only time, this is very, very rare. Um, this guy, it is, like, he looks like every werewolf, he looks like he is wearing a, a, a very detailed prop from the movie Werewolves in London. It's, or is that just a song? Werewolves in London, that might just be a song. There might not have been, yeah, that's the song. Anyway, I can't believe this man exists. More importantly, I can't believe this man has been in the world for 17 years, and this is the first I've heard of him. When little people were born in the Middle Ages, people must have been so confused. Imagine seeing conjoined twins in a time where you truly believe your king is a living representative of God. When, when you think that, that the common cold is caused by spirits entering your body, what would you think seeing the conjoined twins? Even identical twins or little people, all of this stuff, you can't really blame them. When you genuinely believe witches exist, you can't blame them for burning these things at the stake. And I realize in real time I should not have said things. That is very rude. This poor kid, look, he, he said, he, he said, he goes, um, when I was young, I had people throw stones at me. Lalit Patida, 17, says of his thick, curly mane. I think mane is a very complimentary way of describing what he has. Kids were worried I would come back to bite them like an animal. And then he goes, he says this, which is, I, I like, um, I didn't really notice anything was different about me until I was around six or seven years old. Uh, now they have pictures of this guy around six or seven years old, so I think we can we can we we can take away from this. He is both very hairy and also perhaps not the brightest. 
I think you probably could have, by six, by six, I reckon you could have put something together. He says here, there's a picture of him with a, with a camera um, and uh, he says he dreams of one day becoming a YouTube star. The fact he's not all over all of our TikToks right now, if this guy had learned how to floss dance, news.com.au would not have broken this story to us because this guy, it is unbelievable what he looks like. I Truly phenomenal. And I think this is the thing. Obviously, I have nothing but huge sympathy for what this guy is going through because I can't imagine what that must be. I was self-conscious when I was 15 because I had a cowlick, which you know who else has? Brad Pitt. And I was like, man, I'm such a weirdo. I remember Googling electrolysis to see if I could address my cowlick as opposed to just getting a haircut that suits it, which took me about 25 years to work out, but that's a different story. Oh my God, you should see my high school photos. It's the worst. I could have been such a good-looking kid. I could, If I had just gone for a run occasionally and worn jeans that fit properly. I might have been able to just supersede a lot of self-consciousness. I would have been able to cut off a lot of unhappy teenage angst, which also wasn't that. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, let alone looking, I can't, I can't, I can't over explain to you how much of a werewolf this kid looks like. It is, picture a werewolf, it's him. That's him. I like if you'd have told me this guy is actually 87 and that's where every werewolf started from was the way that he looks, I would not be I would not be surprised at all. But this is the thing. They said this has happened a hundred times since the Middle Ages. Here's my question. Is this the greatest time in human history to be a werewolf? I think so. I don't think you could pick a better in, I mean, look, let alone the opportunities that TikTok have for this guy. Because, uh, look, Gillette, you've got to be looking into this guy as a sponsor. He is going to be so much more affordable than any Olympian, and he needs your product so much more. This is going to do so much more for him than drag 0.1 second off of his freestyle time. You need to get in touch with this man. We need to get this guy onto the front cover of every shaver shop poster that, that ever goes out ever again. Because he is going to, he, he sells the product. He sells the product in a way Michael Klim could only dream of. Um, but more importantly, in any other time in human history, in any pre-internet time where you wouldn't know there was a guy in India who looks like this, they would burn this kid on the stake and you have to have some empathy for the people who would want to do that. It's, they make it read like even his family is kind of concerned about this guy. I, which you could say, like, I know he's technically us, but also he, I mean, he's not going to eat us, is he? Because they don't have anything else to compare it to. This has only happened a hundred times in the last 600 years. They have no one to be like, hey, you know, I know your kid also looks like a werewolf. Just like, he didn't like eat the family hamster or anything, did he? Because we've put a lock on the cage and he's, he's beginning to ask questions why. You can't blame people for feeling that way. Because he looks so much like a... Are you, all right, stop what you're doing. Look him up. If you haven't already. I don't. If you haven't already, I don't know what kind of self-control you must have because that is just unbelievable. Anyway, look, I, I think with that, we, we, we got to wrap this baby up. We got to... We, we, we got to put this puppy to bed. Um, 
Guys, thank you so much for listening yet again. Oh, look, thank you for some... I've heard some messages from some, from some new listeners. We are slowly building. We're building this podcast. We're, we're growing a bit of an audience. growing an army. The Show Some Respect Army is growing all the time. So please tell your friends, if you like the podcast, spread the word. Uh, show them my comedy. Show them the podcast. Send them a clip. Get them around it. All right, let's, let's, let's build this thing out. I would love to have even more people in the Show Some Respect family. But, um, hey... Thank you for listening. As always, we'll end with our most esteemed privilege points for the show some respect. This week, all right, the three, two, one, one point. Uh, one point is going to go to the person who inspired me to say uh, all of that, uh, Lucas Brooks. If you're still listening, Lucas, I got a message from Lucas last week um, that told me about, he said, as someone who aggressively relieved, relieves, fuck, I'm an idiot. As someone who aggressively relives my sporting failures in the gym, buy creatine from Bulk Nutrients. It's like half the price, and no one on the label is trying to fuck you. Uh, that is, of course, a reference to how I was saying just every supplement's packaging seems to either be exclusively scientific or very homoerotic, like a lot, a lot of cum gutters. If you, don't want, if you don't know what cum gutters are, you're obviously new to the podcast because I'm, I'm obsessed with them. But... Um, uh, great message there from Lucas, who is either a fan of the podcast or a, a representative of uh, the Bulk Nutrients brand. And either way, great great to have you on, on board, Lucas. Take a point. Take a point. And if you want a point, just message me. Just message me. I'm, these things aren't that valuable. I don't know if you've picked up on that. They're not really all that, all that valuable. Two points. Mickey Rourke. What a fantastic performance in The Wrestler. Mickey Rourke was phenomenal in that film. I would recommend checking it out. He didn't get an Oscar, but he does get two points from me, uh, and I think they're about worth the same. And in finally, in fi- and finally, with three points capping out the week, it's got to go to Wolfboy. Wolfboy, I'm sorry I don't know how to say your name. I don't know if it's more disrespectful to, to try and get it wrong or just to ignore it entirely and call you Wolfboy, but Wow. It, it's got to be a tough time, but hey, he wants to be a YouTube star. I reckon he can do it. I reckon I, I'm, I, for one, would subscribe. I mean, now, granted, I haven't gone looking for whether he has a YouTube account, but uh, if it came up in my algorithm, I would consider subscribing. Or at the very least, lingering on it long enough that maybe the algorithm will, will give me more of the content. Hard to know. But with that, I'm going to sign off and accidentally hit one of the buttons on this thing. I don't know use this nearly enough thanks for tuning in thanks for listening great to have you here as always until next time have a great week chat to you soon see ya